The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. Hello and welcome to the Port Adelaide Preview Podcast. I'll say that again, Port Adelaide Preview Podcast for the round night 12, round 12, ah! Welcome to the Port Adelaide Preview <laughs> Podcast for round 12 versus Richmond. It'll be played on Friday night at Adelaide Oval. I'm Portia and joining me as happened last week and apparently will happen a bit more in the future is Maka. Maka, how are you? Are you speaking with a normal tongue? Have you been drinking or what? What's the What's the deal? Honestly, I did contemplate what year are we in? it because are we I just bought a new bottle of vodka and I haven't had it before, but uh, no, I haven't been. <laughs> Look, I'm looking forward to seeing how Adam Morgan and um, Paul Killeritis go uh, this week. Um, should be good. Uh, they've got big raps on them. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. Yes. No, very well, thank you, uh, Portia, and yourself? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Look, I'm, I'm was super, super... Look, I've been contemplated for the last week, I guess, since last week's game. Um, in that... Oh, it's just... <laughs> you could ju- you just knew we were going to lose that. Yeah, well, when... I guess that's why I should talk. In the first quarter, it's like, yeah, okay, this is good. We just need to keep it up and we just need to keep winning in the middle. And then the second quarter literally started with a free, and I think, and a free kick to Hawthorne. It's like, all right, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and from then on, it just... You knew what was going to happen. And, and they kept coming. And they just kept coming. <laughs> Free kicks just kept coming. And, like, nothing nothing really said it more than that goal that they wanted to call it behind that went to review, and it was the clearest goal in the world, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it went into, like, the third row of the grandstand, and they're calling a review. Good on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's... Uh, I don't know. I, I guess the goal umpires are local. They certainly used to be just local guys brought in to be the goal umpires. So maybe uh, maybe he's off balance by only having one of his heads showing. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think it was one of the heads that looked like a behind, but the yeah, yeah. the real the the first head it was clearly a goal. So yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, and Charlie Dixon getting a free kick against him for looking intimidating, like Matty Primus used to do all those years ago. <laughs> He'd just, yes. he'd just glare at someone and give away a free kick. Wouldn't say a word, so that's... I know amazing. what you're thinking, Charlie. Free against. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that, that happened, so that was fun. Mm. Um, and, but you just have to laugh. And you also have to take comfort in the fact that no matter what else happens this season, we can't get umpired against this badly again. It, it can't possibly happen. Never say never, Portia. Never say never. Oh, it just can't. It just can't. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Having said that, I'm not going to blame the umpires on the loss at all, like... Most other people oh. have done. I thought we were pretty terrible, and you know, to give up that sort of lead, we do it too often. You know, we we sort of settle down, we get too cruisy, and then when it's time to, you know, put the foot to the floor again, we just don't seem to be able to do it. And um, you know, once again, we had our chances to win a close one and uh, and failed miserably. Um, uh, 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 no Stevie Motlop magic this time. I think this is one of those ones where I'm blaming the umpires, but it's not for something that happened in the last two minutes or anything like that. But, like, okay, let us let me give you a scenario, Macca. You're at work, you're having a shitty day, everything's going against you, and you know it's all bullshit. Like, how do you maintain a positive, let alone competitive attitude in that when it just seems to be a pattern where you cannot get away with a single thing and your opponents seem to? 
uh, and they're directly benefiting from it. Like it, it's hard to, you know, I'm not. It's not even a. That's not even an experienced player versus a young player thing. That's like everything was literally going against us from the second quarter onwards. Um, yeah, look, know, I, that's that's how umpires cost us that game. Yeah, I'm not sure they did. To be honest, like we've got yeah. to change the way that we play football. I think, to be honest, yeah, you know, we've given up. What? We've we've given up over 30 free kicks in three of the last four weeks, and that just should not happen. And you can't just keep blaming bad umpiring for that that sort of thing happening. You know, that's a trend. Um, and we just got to look at what we're doing. I, I think we are quite a sloppy side in terms of tackling. I think we're quite sloppy, um, obviously, in 50-meter penalties. Um, and we have been all year, even in the preseason when Charlie gave away, like, four of them in the first preseason game. Mm. You know, it's happened all year. Um so I, I think it's obviously not something that we can probably change right now on the spot, but um, you know we've got to look at it because we do give away a lot of free kicks. And um, looking at the stats, we've um, you know our free kick differential under Hinkley has been in the negative every single year under Hinkley. So um, it, it's definitely a trend that uh, the umpires don't particularly uh, reward us with how we play. Look, I mean, you say that, but um, the team we're playing against this week, Richmond, they have the most free kicks against them in the league, and it's not as though they're up the top for the freeze four either. Um, so I, I don't think that that is symptomatic of a, of an, of a non-winning style. It, it, it isn't. We've got proof in this very season oh, that we're participating I mean, in. Yeah. Oh, I'm not suggesting it's got anything to do with us winning or losing. I'm just suggesting that I think we are quite a sloppy side when it comes to tackling. We give away a lot of two highs, a lot of in the backs. Um, there aren't any good sides, though, Maka. Who, is, who would you say was the clean tackling side? Well, probably West Coast, considering they their free kick differential is uh, through the roof every single year. They have the least tackles laid of any team. Mm. <laughs> Not sure. Well, I don't know then. I don't know. But, look, when you're giving up over 30 free kicks three out of the last four weeks... You know, something's got to change. And that's sure. not, that can't just, you know, one, a one off, sure, bad umpiring. Three of the last four, that's on us. I think that we're playing a physical game plan and some clubs can get away with it and some can't. Mm. Fair enough. Mm. Fair um, enough. Yeah, so look, uh, I guess get to the hot picks. We have managed to be eighth after the loss somehow. We've yes. gone up, gone up the ladder, failing upwards. It's a. Uh, Certainly a rare occurrence, but it does mean that we're in a bit of a, I don't know, a bit of an oasis in the desert where we are right now. In that, if we lose this week, we can definitely drop. But if we win this week, it would be quite hard to go up. So we're in a very special spot that uh, we're alive right now. Um, well, look, I think it's great that I think it's great that you can lose and go up the ladder. And look, if we keep on losing, we'll be top four in the next few weeks. So, <laughs> um, you know, fingers crossed that that happens. Certainly funny, isn't it? Um, but, mm. uh, there you go. That's the way it is. Uh, now, Maka, I believe you have a bit of a report to give us about the uh, under-18s game you attended last weekend. Yes, you know I love my under-18s footy, and I Absolutely. did get to see the uh, the second half of the uh, SA versus WA game um, at Alberton Oval, and um, I've since watched the uh, the full replay uh, a couple of times on um, on YouTube, which is great. And uh, look, SA dominated, absolutely thrashed the pants off WA by the tune of 89 points. Um, it really was a non-event. I think at one stage it was nine goals to one during the second quarter. 
Um, and whilst WA got a little bit better through a, a little bit of a purple patch through the sort of late part of the second quarter, early part of the third quarter, from that moment on, uh, I think SA kicked about eight or nine goals in a row to finish the game as well. Um, so, look, WA just looked like a bunch of kids that had never played together before, to be honest, whereas SA looked like a really well-drilled unit. Um, pretty much all the big guns came to play and, and played really, really well. Yeah, now, I guess if you're talking about WA in that respect, that's a bit like WA a couple of years ago, isn't it? They had you know a couple of really excellent players and a bunch of guys that just were not anywhere near it, and there was a huge gap between their best and their worst. Was that what we saw, what we saw again this week? Oh, not necessarily, because a lot of their bigger name players really struggled. Like Ian Hill was uh, pretty invisible for most of the game. Um, Carter, he took an absolute spectacular... He took probably mark of the day, or a really good hanger. Um, but he turned the ball over a lot. Um, English was probably their best player. He had 25 touches and seven inside 50s. A real nugget uh, inside ball winner. Um, and to be honest, we, the only other sort of player that really played quite well and won his position was a 16-year-old Ruckman. Uh, called uh-huh. Luke Jackson, who had uh, 15 touches and 29 hitouts. He was by far the best uh, big man on the park. Um, and, yeah, he's not draftable until next year. Well, there you go. Uh, and uh, for South Australia, like, who is someone that we should be, with our multitude of picks, and the possibility of maybe trading up, I guess? Um, are there any... We obviously know Lukosius and Rankin, and potentially Rosie. Yeah. Is there anyone else we should be thinking about? Yeah, look, Rankin was fairly quiet on the day. He had 14 touches, but um, he showed moments of absolute brilliance um, throughout the day with what he did have and when he did have the ball. He did one of the best sort of sharks of a pack I've ever seen. Ran into an open goal. That was great. And he did this really clever no-look pass to Lukosius, who, who goaled from it as well. Um, and Lukosius couldn't wipe the smile off his face. Uh, at the time. Lukosius was the best player on the ground. He had 17 touches, 14 14 marks, and four goals. Um, He just did as he pleased, really. Uh, He really is an obscene talent. It's it's quite extraordinary. Um, Haightley, if if we can somehow get our hands on Jackson Haightley, I'd be a very, very happy man. He had 28 touches and 10 clearances, kicked a really nice goal as well, five inside 50s. Had a slow start to the game, but his second half was fantastic. Uh, Valenti, the the state captain, he was really, really good. Very consistent. He had 26 touches and seven clearances. Um, Nitschke is one that I, I've got my eye on, who should be available you know, with uh, with some of our later picks. Um, he's a bit of a, uh, a midfielder slash uh, back flanker. Could also play on a forward flank as well. He was really, really good. Uh, Martin Frederick, who is one of our next-gen academy players, he uh, he had quite a decent game in the back pocket. He had 16 touches, uh, was quite clean with the ball, showed some good sort of pace and um, good defensive ability there as well. So I think um, if he continues that, he's certainly worth a look with a later or a rookie pick, I would think. Uh, probably the most disappointing player would have been Connor Rosie, who just... Okay. Uh, didn't really see much of the ball. He only had the 11 touches um, when he got it. Uh, kind of similar to Rankin, I guess, when he got it, something good happened. But he went long, long periods without uh, getting near the ball at all. So a bit of Petrocelli there? A little bit of Petrocelli, yeah, I guess you would say. Um, 
Uh, I guess looking for players that will be there with our later picks. I mean, Hugo Munn, I, I really didn't like how he played at the ground, but watching replay, I feel like I undersold him a little bit. He had he kicked four goals, took five marks. Uh, Riley Grundy was was really good um, across half back, um, and uh, Jed McLennan uh, as a bit of a rebounding intercept defender as well. I thought had a really good game. Fantastic. All right. Well, mm. that's uh, certainly, I suppose, encouraging that there are going to be some uh, SA players that... I mean, we knew that there were always going to be some SA players available at our later picks, but it is nice to know that, you know, they're not just sort of sympathy drafts or something like that. They actually are potentially in that... deserving of that drafting. Yeah. Look, we'll see how they go against better opposition. Yeah. Because uh, WI really couldn't have played much worse than what they did on the yeah. weekend. They just turned, turned the ball over just about every time they got it. Um, so, so they really struggled to get any sort of forward movement going at all. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how SA go against you know your big countries and big metros. Mm. Um, but at this point in time, I would suggest there's probably a good sort of fourteen or fifteen uh, draftable SA players at the moment, which is uh, quite extraordinary. Yeah, uh, it certainly is. Um, I guess we'll see how that pans out for us. Mm. Um, and I guess we've got to talk about this week's game, which is uh, certainly going to be an interesting one. Um, yes. Now, we'll talk briefly about Richmond. Yes, it will. We'll be playing against Richmond, as we mentioned at the start, on uh, tomorrow night at Adelaide Oval. Uh, their yeah. record this year, their second on the ladder, they're 9-2 and two for the season. Uh, their two losses have been also, somewhat uncoincidentally, their only two games played outside Melbourne this year. Uh, mm. Losses to Adelaide at Adelaide Oval and West Coast at Perth Stadium. Um, they've won nine games, eight of which have been played at the MCG, their home ground, and they've won one at Docklands, and I forget who that was against. Um, yeah. So well, they're in good form, a, aren't they? Yeah, and if you're really superficial, then obviously we're going to win this week, but, you know, there's a little bit more to it than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, as far as how they're playing, look, they're uh, a really aggressive midfield hitting targets. So they've got the second most inside 50s in the league and the third most goals. The second most marks inside 50s. Um, so that really means that what they're doing is that they're getting the ball forward with a hell of a lot of um, frequency and they're actually hitting targets, which is something that I maybe couldn't say to the same extent for Hawthorne, uh, who we played last week, obviously. Uh, they've got the yeah. most frees against, the most clangers, and the fewest tackles against. So they're just, uh, even though they're not winning clearances, they're actually pretty low on the clearance uh, count. They are actually, um, I suppose aggressively getting the ball forward and that hugely shows in their stats um yeah it's uh i suppose they're denying also um because of the force of their midfield and you know back in the day that used to be called like a one-way midfield but they're actually you know just really solid uh they're managing to keep that forward pressure on so hard that they're yeah. just not hitting their defense you know and when it is rance is there to scoop it up and have a lovely day yeah. um They've been denying forward line access, so they've got the fourth fewest inside 50s against them and the fifth fewest goals against, and the sixth fewest marks inside 50 against them. So teams are doing okay when they do get it to a forward, but they're just not getting it to their forward in the, in, in the forward 50. That's that's the real issue. So um, I've got a couple of things on how we can beat them, and when I'm reading it, it's basically what I said for Hawthorne last week, so take it with a grain of salt. Um, we need to win first possession and retain it. Because Richmond aren't great at clearances. They've got second fewest in the league. And uh, Dustin mm. Martin and Trent Cotchin are responsible for a large number of those. Um, we need to not turn over the ball going forward because they just love scooping it up. Rance is absurd um, this year with how much freedom he's got to do whatever he wants. He's high up in marks and contested marks at the club and obviously probably in the league. Um, 
and I kind of feel like if we run with the ball, it's not a bad way to do it. Um, but we need to be hopefully taking marks at half forward, and we've got to convert when we get the chances, which is something we certainly didn't do last week. Yeah. Mm. Well, look, we're going to be up against winning this one because the way that they play mm. really sort of uh, counteracts our weaknesses <laughs> quite strongly. Yeah. Uh, you really need to retain possession against you do. Uh, against Richmond because they are deadly on the turnover. They've got pace to burn. Um, they're, they're quite skillful nowadays. Um, they've got a lot of forward options. So if you turn the ball over, you're going to get scored against. Um, and considering we can't hit targets to save ourselves, you know it could well get ugly out there if it's that sort of game in the end. Well, here's, um, the, here's the sad part about that, is that you, it's not just enough to retain possession because um, Richmond have got the fourth most marks taken against them in the league. Um, yeah. But you've got to be a, you've got to go forward with it. You, you know, you can kick it around your back line all you want, but that first time you slip, they'll be on it and they'll be scoring a goal. Yeah. So uh, absolutely, that's the real concern there—not just retaining possession, but actually moving it forward too. That's yeah. Oh, definitely. Look, I don't know. As I said, we're going to be up against it. Um, we, we've got to make sure we hit targets this week. We, we've got to find some sort of. Um, Valuable forward movement, really. We we got to hit targets up forward. We we can't just bomb the ball long. It's not going to work. Uh, we can't just go to the pockets. It's not going to work. Uh, we've got to find some sort of system, and um, and find some way to uh, systematically score goals this week. I think, uh, which we haven't really done in about eighteen years or so. So I'm not really sure that that's uh, something that's on the cards either. To be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, it would be nice to think that, but it's not how we're set up or how mm. we're performing anyway. Um, it, it really feels like also this is a week where our forward coach, which I think is Brendan Lade, this is a big test for him, not only because he's forward coach, but also because he coached at Richmond you know, just a couple of years ago. Um, it's on him, this one, on a large part, because we've got yeah, to somehow well, look, yeah, perform there. Yeah, look, maybe we can get Jakey Need to, um, to tag Alex Rance. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, you know, Trengove sort of failed with it last year <laughs> in the second half. Maybe, maybe if we go with someone smaller, that might actually work. Yeah, yeah. Look, if we had Michael Wilson, he could do it, but uh, we don't. And look, so. Need, Need's got to do something out there because he's really not doing anything else. So why not put him in some sort of tagging role? Yeah, it, look, Need's trick is really good when it works, and when it doesn't, it's nothing. <laughs> he has a trick. There you go. <laughs> You well, learn something it. every day. His I guess. trick is that when everyone, when the team is all working really well, then he can look pretty good. And when mm. the, as soon as the team system starts to falter, he kind of looks shit, and yeah. it doesn't get on the board. Mm. Yes. Oh well, um, I guess we can move on to us now. Hooray, hooray! There's one change for us. Um, Jasper Pittard is back in for Jack Homsch, and that's really a bit of a home change there. I think. <laughs> What do you think about that? I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I've seen a couple of <laughs> Pittard's games in uh, in recent weeks, and he is in shocking form. He is just mm. in absolute shocking form. I can't believe they've uh, included him. It can only be, for, obviously, it's for match-up reasons because, um, you know, Richmond don't really have any sort of tall forward line. But, um, God... I would have put in just about any other player on our list in front of Jasper Pittard at the moment because he's um, he's stinking right now. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, look, I can't. Rec- I can't remember his last actually good game. You know, not not just where it's, you said, "Oh wow, Jasper Pittard played a acceptably low on clanger game." You know, I, I mean, an actual good one. I can't recall when the last one was. It certainly wasn't this year or last year. I don't recall. Look, his game on the weekend at SANFL level, every second kick he got was smothered. Um, he turned the ball over something chronic. Uh, yeah, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. What's going um, on with him? Because that's weird. Certainly not, just... uh, he's certainly not back in the team for any sort of form at all. It's just matchups, really. And, uh, you know, fingers crossed and, uh, and pray to the gods that, um, you know, maybe this, is, uh, maybe this is a good thing. Maybe... This will give him the sort of uh, boost that is needed mentally to come out and actually perform this week. Honestly, Pittard's form these last two years is the sort of thing that you find out about in 10 years' time and go, oh, that makes sense. But right now it makes none. Like, is he is he fed up with the club? Is he fed up with the coaching? Is he just not give a shit? Has he had some monumental off-field issue or that has come up in his family or his, his life or... What is it? We've got we've got a few big name players in uh, in shocking form right now, don't we? I mean, Dixon is just having a stinker of a year. Pittard as well. The Wingard's gone off the boil the last you know four or five weeks or so. Um, yeah, we, we've got a lot of big name players that uh, are really are struggling at the moment. Mm, mm. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? And you've got to wonder why. Like, Ebert why? as well. Ebert's another one. Oh, Ebert's had an ordinary season, hasn't he? Yeah. Oh well. Um, and looking at our emergencies. So yes, uh, yes I, I can understand the. Uh, I can certainly understand the the matchup change of taking oh, yeah. out a, a toll and bringing in a small. Yeah. Uh, I probably would have kept Homsch, and maybe dropped Cleary, only because I think I Homsch is is better playing on a small. Yep. Um, but pff, I guess it's neither here nor there. Yeah, I don't think. That's a huge change. Um, yeah, when you look at our emergencies: Carl Amon, Jack Homsch, Jack Trengove, and Lindsay Thomas. It's not really inspiring, mm. is it? <laughs> no. Well, look, I would have uh, personally brought in Thomas this week for Need. Oh, I don't understand how Need yeah, keeps his spot because he hasn't kicked a goal in four weeks. He's a small forward. Like, you know, we're having troubles kicking goals. Why not bring someone in that can kick goals and has been kicking goals in the SANFL? Um, I'm not sure how Need gets a game every week, to be honest. Um, you know, he's played his two good games for the year, and uh, and that should really be it. I think it feels like the way we play Jake Need is like um, a dad that's just bought a new barbecue. In that, it's like it's a it's a specialised tool, but because it's new and because you really like it, you just want to start cooking everything on the barbecue, even stuff that shouldn't be. Yeah, um, it's just like that. We, we want to if we if we can find a spot for him in the side, we want him in because when it works, it really works. And then some, a lot of the time, it doesn't work. But at least yeah. you're using it. <laughs> That's right. Look, I've probably been a bit harsher on Chad Wingo. I, I don't think he's been in terrible form for the last uh, five, he was five or six all right weeks. Until he missed games. He, he was good in the showdown, except for the last kick, and he was good against Gold Coast. So he's only really had one bad game in a row. Um, although. He's clearly not the same Chad Wingard that we know and love. Um, I don't know. I, well, I would have almost brought... twenty again, is he? No, well, that's right. Um, I would have almost brought Jack Trengove in for this game, to be honest. Oh, God, no. Who would he keep up with in that forward line? Oh, I wouldn't be playing him up forward. Oh, OK. No, no, not in our forward line, in, the, in, like, in our defence, in their forward line. Who would he keep up with? Oh, I would be playing... 
agree they'll be playing him in the midfield. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Mm. Not I'd sold, put him on but... Trent Conchin. That's it. I'd put him on Conchin, and that's who I'd put him on and put him in a tagging role. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and looking at this team again, Todd Marshall, please come back. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, gosh. Well, yeah, Hopefully amazing. next week. Hopefully. And just another thing we've got to mention at the start of the program. Sam Hayes has done his ACL and he's out for the season. What a shit. Oh, that is absolute heartbreaking news. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, he was playing really well. He was mm-hmm. really improving each week. And, uh, look, fingers crossed he has some sort of Dougal Howard type uh, recovery and um, and comes back bigger and better than ever. Um, but, yeah, I was... Uh, I was pretty bummed out all last night, to be honest, uh, after hearing that. It's just the last thing you want from a young toll is to cop an ACL. It's kind of following that um, Frampton uh, injury curse, isn't it? In that um, when you could have got a game, you weren't fit, and when you're actually in good form, that's when you get injured. (laughs) Yeah. Well, speaking of Frampton, it's his time to stand up now, isn't it? Sure is. He's in line. He's got a pull his finger out and, um, you know, if he wants a game, there's a, arguably a spot there for him. Absolutely. All right, well, look, we've had actually a surprisingly active um, Spreaker chat tonight. Um, oh, that's Libby, good. Libby chimed in a little while ago, so hopefully she's still listening, uh, saying, I went to the game and saw up close some of those poor umpiring decisions. The players just lost all momentum when there were poor decisions. And, yeah, that's definitely, mm. I think, what we could see them on TV. Um, JV saying no dusty easy win even though he isn't playing well that'd be nice uh, and JV's also said we need to mark in our defensive 50 and not spoil we have the height to mark them and we need to use it that's, yes that's yep also that's true. fair also that's also absolutely true, true. look mm. Martin out is, uh, is massive obviously that's uh, that's huge 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 news yes big for us yeah um, big for us probably means that we're not going to win um, <laughs> that's the main support, issue yeah. because yeah, well, it seems like every time that we come up against a team, their best players, we uh, struggle. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Geelong, and, yeah, uh, true, almost true. the Crows as well. So uh, Jack Graham as well. I mean, that's um, yeah, that's that's not too bad for us as well. So mm. Anthony Miles has been in exceptional form in the VFL, probably when the medal this year. I would suggest. Because uh, coming back is just really, really quick, um, and he turned into a, a really good. Oh, sorry, he turned into a really good player as well. Excellent. Um, so yeah, Castagna and Miles in. Jack Graham's out with the mission. He's certainly come down a lot since his dream run last year, uh, and obviously mm. Dustin Martin's injured. So um, yeah, Castagna's definitely an important in for them uh, as far as their forward yep. line. So that's awkward. Um, if, if Miles is playing playing well in the VFL, then I guess that's a problem for us as well. Um, all right, going to the ruck duel. Toby Nankovis versus Paddy Ryder. Nankovis is averaging 21 hit out, 17 disposals and three clearances with more than 50% contested possession. Uh, interestingly, though, he gives, unlike McAvoy, who has basically the opposite, this uh, Nankovis gives away almost twice as many frees as he wins, which is similar to Ryder, I suppose. Um Maybe after last week, the umps will be apologetic. What do you think? <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> yeah. I, I highly doubt it. Look, Nank is a uh, he's a great player. Nank, okay. um, 
Nank the Tank. He's uh, he's a great player. Yeah. It's uh, going to be a, a hard battle. I think Ryder will have the uh, the jumping ability over him, but um, you know Nankovic is uh, is a gun around the ground, and um, Ryder's probably put in that area. Uh, well, all of this year, I would suggest. So he's still finding his way back. Yeah, he is. Yeah, uh, so I would expect Nankovic to get on top of that battle. To be honest. Yep, I'd agree with that. Um, so how that'll work out for us, I don't know. Um, he's been playing mm. pretty well, but, you know, Richmond clearances are pretty low. Um, but, you know, who knows? Uh, in midfield, obviously, no Dustin Martin. Uh, Trent Cotchin is uh, only averaging mid-20s for disposal, but they're very effective. You know, look at all the, you know, the qualitative stats that go with that, and they're huge. So um, Dustin Martin is in that same category, but again, he's not playing. So can we beat Trent Cotchin? <laughs> We can. I think we certainly can. Um, and we've seen in the past that we can get in his head a bit and put him off his game. Yeah. Uh, so I think there's definitely the opportunity. Look, I think on paper we've probably got a better midfield than them um, on paper. Yeah. Uh, in, in practice, it, uh, that's where it falls. Um, I, I really think that... Uh, if our first-grade midfield can really get their hands on the ball, uh, I think we're a massive chance of um, of getting a decent lead out of this one and uh, and hopefully uh, sticking with that lead for the whole game. Now, I think guys like Rockliffe, Evert, uh, Wines um, uh, are going to be super important, especially our outside runners as well. I think you know Motlop and Polek, they're going to have to be quite defensive this week, I think. Because mm. um, we know how much that uh, Richmond love to run and and carry the ball and and have extreme pace, so those two players especially are going to have to be on their game. Um, and when they get the chance to run and carry it, uh, they're going to have to drive it deep inside our fifty. I think. Yeah, look, I mean, I guess if you talk about us being a better midfield on paper, I think that we're a better first possession midfield. I think that we're more likely to win a clearance and you know and stats bear that out. But mm. as far as what you do then, um, Richmond are clearly the better side. Uh, that's the concern. So yeah. it's really about, and it has been all year, and it will continue to be until you know we have a glut of about three or four really good uh, outside mids. Um, is getting the link up from winning the ball to the forward line, you know? Um, yeah. We, we Pollock is good at it, but he can't do it alone. Who else is doing it? Hopefully, Motlop is supposed to be doing a bit more than he is. Um, mm. And Wingard does it a bit, and then we get sort of really shallow in that regard. But it's such an important part for us to really have a strength in. And in this league this year, I think it's hugely important. So, uh, yeah. Look, it's the pace that really worries me the most. You know, Jaden Short's really, Menagee's really quick. Uh, Butler, Lambert, Castagna, Higgins. You know, they've all got good game pace. Um, you know, once they get their running game going, they're, they're very, very hard to stop. Yeah. Now, there was one person I particularly thought would be worth uh, looking at when I had a bit of a read-through, and Shane Edwards, he seems to be very important for them as a route mm. to goal. He's third for their inside 50s, and he's leading for goal assists, but he does like uncontested balls. So I'm just wondering whether he's someone we play, I don't know, a more accountable, not quite a tagger, but certainly a, make him accountable. Do you think that's worth trying? Maybe a, a Ben Jones that might work. Yeah, yeah, that could be good. Just get in his yep. face and yeah, that sounds good. Um, all right, and uh, moving along forwards, Jack Rewalt is everything. Uh, he's leading contested marks, marks inside fifty. We've got to shut him down. 
though ironically, not ironically, just interestingly, Josh Caddy is beating him in the goal kicking. Josh Caddy? <laughs> Who would have ever thought? Like, yeah, I thought right. he was an absolute hack up until, oh, uh, yes. yeah, well, probably this year, to be honest. But, um, you know, he's having a career year. He's absolutely yes. in the All-Australian team at the moment. Um, yeah. He's just having a great season. 27 goals for nine games. He's averaging, I think, just under 20 touches as well. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's, right he's kicking goals. He's kicking a lot of goals for the first time in his career and still getting a lot of the ball. So, good on him. He's, uh, he's in career best form. Yeah, how, how fortunate. <laughs> how wonderful. <laughs> right. Well, look, he might have a slightly different role maybe this week with, uh, with Dusty out. Yeah. Uh, maybe we might see him play a little bit more midfield than he has been. Um, but, yeah. I mean, they get a lot of goals from their midfield and their smalls. Yeah, you know, they got 15 goals from Castagna. They've got uh, what 13 goals from Butler, 10 from Lambert, mm. and uh, Higgins is going at a goal a game as well. So, uh, you know, it's not all about Rewalt. They do um, score true. a lot of goals from their smalls too. That's true. Um, but I guess I guess if I was describing Rewalt's role on the side, it would be kind of like what we hope Charlie Dixon will be every year, as opposed to a couple of years ago. <laughs> mm. Look, we know Rewalt's going to go out there. He's going to take a few marks inside yeah. 50. He's going to probably kick three or four goals and yeah. uh, put his put his finger up um, at the crowd and uh, and do what he usually does uh, against us. He usually plays pretty well against us, I reckon. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and just moving on to their defence, Alex Rance. Alex Rance, Alex Rance. He's second for contested marks at Richmond, first for marks overall. Uh, this is definitely, I've put down my note here, can we please not, uh, mess around with hopeful bombs into the forward line this week. Thank you very much. Well, I really hope we play Dougal Howard up forward this week, to be honest. <laughs> Why? Oh, it's just to stop the marking. Yeah. <laughs> well, just to... Uh, maybe we can put Howard on Rance. That might work. Just spoil him. He's a great spoiler. Honestly, it kind of uh, would. <laughs> he's, he's got the pace to go with him a lot more than what Jackson Tringo did last year. Um, yeah. So that, that might actually half work, but... I would actually really like to see Howard play kind of out of full forward and, and do sort of what Todd Marshall was doing. Um, so we really don't it. need him down back. We don't really need him down back, especially if we've got Jonas mm. and Cleary down there. Yeah, and Cleary. Um, yeah. Yep. So instead of just uh, him being down back playing on Calamore or something for no particular reason, uh, why not make the most of it, try and stretch their defence a little bit and... Um, and see if he can take some grabs up forward. Honestly, I, I agree with you. It, it sounds a bit dumb, but it also sounds like a good idea. And with our forwards, you know, the ones that are performing are not necessarily the ones that take the mark. They're the ones that can, you know, when the ball comes to ground, like Charlie Dixon's supposed to be doing, um, yeah. we can capitalise on it. So, you know, if, if there's one player in our team that's good at bringing the ball to ground instead of marking it, it's definitely Dougal Howard. It is. And look, a long bomb game plan doesn't particularly work because we're usually bombing it long to Sam Gray and Jake Mead, who are the yeah. two smallest people in the country. Yeah, um, well, Sammy so does have, a goal uh, game with that, but yeah. Let's see, why not have 200-centimetre Dougal Howard up there with 200-centimetre Charlie Dixon and see what actually happens? Good Maybe call. when Charlie gets the ball, you know, 70 metres out from goal, instead of looking at bloody Frodo, he's got someone told to kick to for once. I like your revolutionary plan. It might plan. work. Mm. What's the Simpsons one? I'm intrigued by your ideas and wish to subscribe to your newsletter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's it. Uh, yeah, all right. 
Uh, anyone else in the defence you really want to talk about with uh, Richmond? In their defence, look, Jaden Short's having a wonderful year for them. Um, he would almost be in the old Australian team as well. Uh, he kept Brandon Ellis out of the side for a long time. Um, he's super quick. He's very defensive. He's quite attacking. Uh, when he gets the ball, he can run. He can sneak forward and kick a goal as well. Um, I would suggest... It wouldn't surprise me if he goes on boat or wing guard and, uh, and does a really good shutdown job on either of them. Um, I would expect Grimes to play on Gray. It seems to be who he plays against. Uh, and Grimes um, obviously have a bit of a height advantage there on him. Um, but as I said, I'm really hoping we get a little bit more tall tim- timber up there than what we've seen so far this year and uh, try and exploit their, uh, their lack of height down back. Yeah, very good. All right, and uh, going to the game in general, the coach, should we be concerned about Damien Hardwick? We kind of have to yes. be. He's the reigning premier coach, yeah? That's just how it yes. works. It doesn't matter yes. anything else. Yes. And yes. as far as psychological advantage, it's Richmond. I don't care if they lose away from Melbourne. They're 9-2, second in the ladder. It, that's where it is. It's, and they beat us last year. And they, they, they seem to play Adelaide Oval quite well, I think. Um, well, they've lost their one. Against us, anyway. Yeah, was, yes, they okay. can. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think they've beaten beaten us at least twice. Um, so I think they should certainly go to this with the psychological advantage. And they'll be coming here expecting to win. Yeah. Oh, God, expect to win. Wasn't that meant to be us? <laughs> the Magpies expect to win. What a great tune that was. Oh, dear. Oh, well. Um, and I guess now we're moving on to the Macca section. Macca's questions from Bigfooty. Well, I don't have them up at the minute, so I'm just going to stall until I uh, bring up the, the thread, which is right now, actually. That was quicker than I expected, so that's good. Fantastic. Uh, CT Power, first question. Yes. If Cardinal St Kilda offered you a top five pick for Ollie Wines in this year's draft, would you take it? No. Depends if he's definitely leaving or not. Well, that's um, it. Well, I, I assume from the question that it requires us voluntarily letting go. Mm. You know, I would question. You just take it. It's not if he's leaving, then yeah, you take it. And if he's not leaving, then I think you don't take it. I would strongly consider it, um, but I would probably decline. I think it needs just a little bit extra um, thrown on top, just because of his age profile, uh, the fact that he is our next captain in waiting. you know, pick pick five and a and a player maybe. Um, pick five is particularly good in in this year's draft though. So I don't know. You, you'd certainly consider it and weigh it up, but I think overall you'd probably knock it back. Yeah, well, I'm pretty happy to knock that one back, frankly. Mm. Uh, Andre has said with Hayes going down, if Port don't pick up a ready to go backman, uh, sorry, backup ruckman. By draft or trade, what odds on Russell Lee but handball having a heart attack whilst he takes a sledgehammer to the doors of the Alan Scott building? Um, pretty high odds, yeah. yeah. Mm, I would think so. Um, REH is still on his, uh, we need to have 15 Ruckman on our list campaign. So uh, until that happens, I think he's uh, he's going to be stressed, I think, a little bit. I do think we um, need more than we have. Oh, I don't know. I don't think we do, to be honest. Um, I guess it depends how quickly he comes back, Sam Hayes. Um, you know, maybe he will be 
Maybe he can play sort of through the second half of next year. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, again, it comes down to you know, ACL. It's pretty serious. But um, certainly I think that uh, if he has a preseason, if he plays a full preseason, um, he'll bulk up nicely. He's got that build for it. There's no doubt about it. You know, he in in well, I don't know what is it seven years time. Like he'll be one of the bigger ruckmen in the league, mm. and in height and and in general size, I reckon he'll be right up there. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I think that there's entire, entirely possible that that'll be the case that he'll be able to come back and and play pretty well. But in the meantime, we'd still need to cover for Ida in some form. Yeah, um, and uh, right now you'd Ruffin say on our list. well, right now you'd say we're delisting Frampton, right? The way we've not used him, you'd say we're delisting Frampton right now. So, well, he's contracted for next. If so, no. Oh, well, in that case, he's uh, safe. But if he wasn't, I'm not sure we are. If he wasn't contracted, I'd be saying he'd be for the chop because he should have played games when Ryder is out. Yeah. If he was anywhere near it. Or Ruckman on our list at the moment. Plus, Howard Dixon, who can sort of part-time fill in effectively. Um, I, I think we've probably got enough. The thing that concerns me is if we just go some stopgap state Ruckman, you really want it to be someone with a, a decent chance of being successful and, and having a, a good, um, as opposed to just picking up some random, you know, Sam Ballstone type lummox, which, which I don't really think is any sort of way to go, to be honest. I'd rather back in the guys that we've got on our list at the moment. Okay. That's my thoughts. And I know that's not going to be popular, but... Um, I think getting in a ready-to-go sort of state ruckman's a little bit overrated. I think that there's a chance for me, I think there's a chance that we will, considering we've got two second-round picks right now, it would not surprise me if we traded one of them for a backup ruckman at a club. Mm. Maybe. Although a lot of people thought that was going to happen last year and it didn't. I don't know. Yeah. Guess we'll have to wait and see. But We've been pretty heavily derailed by Patrick Ryder's... Uh, Absence, I think this year, very obvious, and uh, I don't think Port fans will take another season of us not correcting this slight without heads rolling. I guess it depends on what we expect from Frampton and Laddams. Do we expect Frampton to keep improving? Do we expect Laddams to keep improving? Or do we think they've kind of peaked a little bit and are not going to be AFL players? I think that Frampton, I, th- I think that he should be there. Uh, and Laddams, I'm not sure he's got it. Mm. Laddams has disappointed me because I, I really liked him in his draft year. I thought he was going to be our next sort of ruckman in waiting, but uh, I guess it hasn't really happened. He's not really getting a lot of ruck time at SANFL level. He's sort of pushed forward quite a bit. Um, I'm not sure if that's been to the detriment of his career to this point. I really hope we stick with him and, and give him another year or two. Because uh, I do think he is a wonderfully raw uh, ruck talent with with really good, um, you know, hit out to advantage capability, and and can obviously play around the ground, can take a mark, it's a decent kick. Um, but yeah, I guess we have to. Point. Uh, I can certainly see us not picking up a ruckman this off season, in trade or draft, and uh, and and a lot of melts happening. 
Yes. A lot of melts. Yes, I agree with that. Hmm. Anyway, moving on. Next question, Eddie Dingle. What is the best form of protection for adult bedwetters? Bedwetters, sorry. Classic no saddle nap. <laughs> adult pull-ups. I don't know. Spending a lifetime in a swimming pool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, become a swimming instructor. That's probably a good one. Yeah, waterbeds. Then you can just say, "Oh, water damn, that, that waterbed's leaking again." Oh, gee. Yeah, bugger it. <laughs> yeah, that hole up times already that's it uh gremio power has asked uh, would our typical 2018 third quarter performance be outliers or the paradigm of the brand of football port wants to play in the finals uh hmm. I haven't, got, I haven't got much more. Right, to, that's good. Well, I, I just don't... I don't know, like, do you have an answer for that? I, I don't think about the football that we play in the third quarter in those terms. Like, I think that when we play well in the third quarter, it's basically just a, a heightened expression of what we've done in previous quarters. Uh, but, you know, the, or the, the opposition's always a, a pretty huge factor in that, so... Um. We do come out after half-time pretty good. Um, I think that's definitely our best quarter of football this year. At least, you know, we've really struggled in first terms for much of the season except for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, but is that yeah, a game plan thing or is that a fitness thing? You know? I don't know if it's just taking us a long time to get into the right headspace when starting games. It's it's funny how these sorts of things can become a trend. Um, and I'm not sure what we're doing at half time which makes us sort of come out of the box in the third quarter really, really strongly. Um, but whatever it is, I hope it continues um, with our faster starts as well because that would mean we actually win some games. Well, if you look at the teams that have come out firing against us in first quarters... Um, Essendon uh, did. Yeah, Essendon did. Wasps did. Crows Yeah, Gold Coast too. We, no, we beat Gold Coast in the first quarter, though. Yeah. It's really only those three games where yeah. teams have come out sort of strongly. Um, but we've been quite sluggish out of the box, and I, we've pretty well given up the first goal just about every every game, um, or even the first couple of goals. But, I'd agree with that. Uh, I don't know. Look, whatever we're doing in the third quarter, it seems to be working. Um, so, yeah, look, hopefully that is how we want to play when it comes to finals if we actually make them um, which I guess is still up in the air a little bit yeah I, I probably yeah I, I'm, I'm sticking with it's more an expression of fitness than football yeah next question from noobs or do we tag rants again yes with yep. need yep no with Howard yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes I wouldn't mind seeing Howard uh play on rants. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in that particular uh, matchup, what we do with rants, if uh, if we get kind of scarred from what happened last year or not. Um, you've got to do something to try and quell his influence because uh, we can't really have him taking a dozen intercept marks, which you can really see mm. sort of uh, into the line this year. Um, so yeah, hopefully we will uh, pull off his game. 
Rick Dorster has asked them, why does Need get so many games? I think we answered that one already. Mm. Why is the sky blue? Cool. Um, one of those unworldly uh, facts, why does Need get so many games? Yeah. Sorry, you're breaking up a fair bit there, Maka. Have you moved around a bit? Oh. No, I've, uh, I'm lying on a couch and I haven't moved at all. Oh, how weird. <laughs> okay. Yeah, oh well, next question. Next question, CT Power. Name our top five worst kicks. Ebert? Uh, it's just kicks and Kick. not, not explicitly <laughs> kicks for goal, right? Yeah? Um, just kicks. Just kicks. Ebert's one of them, in my mind. Yep. Um, gosh, let's look through the playlist. I reckon. I'll say mine. Okay, please do. I'm going to say Ebert. Yep. I'm going to say Tom Cleary. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Jasper Pittard. Yes. I'm going to say. Uh, I want to say Sam Ava. Gray. Still pro Sam. Still pro Sam? And I'm going to say Ollie Wines. Yeah, Ollie's been shitting it a bit. That's why I, asked, why I was talking specifically about goals, because the goal, like, his goal chances last week, he should have got both of those. Mm. Um, and I've only, I've specifically only chosen players that are in the team this week. Yeah, yeah, I, I assume that. Um, in which case, Jasper Pittard's inclusion is a real boon to anyone trying to make a top five of shit kicks. Um, it is. Absolutely. <laughs> it's come at the right time. I kind of feel Sam Powell Pepper, but the conditions in which he kicks are not ideal yeah, a lot of the six. time, so yeah. it's tough. Like, he's one of the ones where I feel like his kicking is bad because of the way he plays, whereas yeah. he, but I think he's just a bad kick however he gets the ball. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, from Ford Fairlane, do you and Portia believe that Port's form is not as bad as some here seem to believe and that good Port can beat Richmond? What are the keys to winning the games? Uh, good Port can beat Richmond. Um, yep. Absolutely. It's just a matter of if we do it. <laughs> mm. Look, I would also... Be- I do believe that our form is not as bad as what uh, some on Bigfooty would have us believe. You okay. know, Bigfooty is... Uh, especially the last few years, it's the, the high of highs and the low of lows uh, on a weekly basis, depending on our result and... We either go from Sack Hinkley, he's, he's rubbish, I don't know, to, uh, oh, my God, we're going to win the premiership on a weekly basis. And uh, you kind of need to do what they do at the Olympics and take out the worst and take out the best. And it's, the truth is somewhere in the middle when uh, when rating um, our form. And I think our form's been okay. It could be better. Um, uh, here's a question to modify that. Um, mm. because I sort of believe, like, if you're getting that on big foot, it probably means hope for the future is low. Um, it's, and I don't mean, like, oh, everything's ruined, but, like, you know, it's not that we've got a super young team that's going to get better over the years or anything like that. Like, we've actually... Oh, no, we should be peaking. We should be peaking. So compared to where we should be with our list right now, I, we probably are underperforming, really. Maybe, but then you... I reckon. Would have said exactly the same thing about Richmond at this stage last year as well. Oh, sure. uh, and yeah, they yeah. looked miles off winning a, a flag. So yeah. I don't think we're out of the 
I don't think we're out of oh, the friendship of, race at all. I think we're right in it. But you'd also have to say we're, you know, we're, we're probably not where we should be. No, we, we need to. Uh, I think we're a good twenty percent off being what we should be. Uh, we should have yes. beat Hawthorne last yeah. week, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I think that's probably our most disappointing game for the year, for sure. Mm, mm. Um, certainly, our most disappointing result. Um, yes. But I, you know, I, I still think we're a huge chance. You know, all it's going to take is uh, just to get a little bit of run and form together. If we can win this week. Going to next week, beat the dogs. Going to the week after, beat Melbourne. We've got three on the trot. It puts us in a really good position, I think. Um, so fingers crossed that sort of uh, that sort of run can happen. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I guess we'll find mm. out. Mm. And last question from Christoph. Um, he can lay a decent tackle. He's 176 centimeters tall. Uh, he's an average pace runner. Can almost kick 25 meters with uh, little to no accuracy, and he can uh, handball accurately at teammates' feet. Um, am I Jack Need? No. Uh, am I too tall to play in the forward pocket for Port, or does my lack of football make me a lock? Um, well, I don't know, because with, you know, any two of those would be reasons why I wouldn't draft you, so. <laughs> Look, come and, come and try it, mate. I reckon, uh, I reckon you could get a game. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. I, I reckon he's in, especially at SNFL level. Especially with the Maggies, I reckon he's in. The Maggies, maybe, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah give a shot. Um, was there anything else? Any other questions? That's it, mate. That's okay. it. Okay, all right. Well, look, we'll move along to the final wrap then and, you know, put your money where your mouth is, so to speak. What's your winning side and margin, Macron? It's going to be Richmond by how much? Uh, 32 points. Okay. I've, I've picked. <laughs> Um, right. I would love, I would love us to win this week. I really would. Yeah. I really, really would. And I'm sure, obviously, everybody else would as well. Um, but you can just sort of see how this is going to play out. I, I think we're going to have a pretty decent start. I think Richmond are probably going to get their running game going through the second quarter, and we're just not going to be able to keep up. We're going to turn the ball over too much. Rance is going to take, you know, probably fifteen marks down back, and um, I think we'll be kept two under seven goals for the game for me it's gonna a huge part of it's gonna come down to how much Richmond don't care about playing like dog shit when they're outside of Melbourne because mm. <laughs> we have seen you know Victorian sides be like that even good ones where they just realize yeah okay particularly you know in the case where you won the premiership last year like if they win you know 90% of their games in Melbourne they're in the top four basically um, yeah and that's just that's just life and so how hard do you try for the, the games outside of uh, Melbourne? You, you probably want to win one or two. Um, and so maybe the, I suppose this might be one that you might mark down and say this is one I think we should really focus on winning. But yep. um, it really depends on whether, you know, how, how in, intent they are on getting it. And I think that if they're a little bit off, and particularly with Martin out, um, that is a reliable route to goal that is missing for them. Um, mm. I reckon we can take them by surprise. I'm going to, though, winning side, I'm going to have to... You have to say Richmond, don't you? You still have to say Richmond, but not by much. You still have to say Richmond. Yeah. Richmond by Richmond by five. That'd be irritating. <sighs> oh, that would be heartbreaking. <laughs> Why would you say that, Portia? After last <laughs> week. Why would you say that? Well, at I least think... make it. At least make it over a goal. At least say like eight points or something. That'd be uh, 
It's one a of those. It's one of those ones where I, if I was not, if I was able to do a line bet, I'd be saying Richmond to win or Port to lose by less than three goals. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, who's your highest goal kick for Port? Oh, well, if I think they're going to kick under seven goals, then <laughs> it's probably going to be a bunch of single goal kickers. I reckon maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, oh. Jake and Ed with two. No, I'm going to say Chad with uh, Chad with two. I'm going to say. Okay, yeah. Look, I'm going to go with Jack Watts with two. Um, okay, that'd be uh, good. Yeah. Um, which fringe player is going to lock up a spot for next week? There's a question Jake for Mead. you. It's not yeah, just for Pittard. Jake Jake Need could do his hamstring in the first second, mm. and he will still be a lock for next week. So it just has to be Jake Need. Well, I mean, if he does a hamstring in the first second, then there's a reason why he didn't perform well. You know, it, it's more challenging as if he gets, you know, 85% game time and he has, like, eight touches and no goals. Then what, what? So his usual average. So yeah, yeah, he's, he's a lock. He's a lock. Well, we, he's obviously not a fringe player, so we probably shouldn't even include him, to be no, honest. No, that's true. So that's true. in that regard, there's not too many fringe players out there, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, maybe well, guess, maybe Pittard, Houston, and Cleary. That would be about it. And this, this is a team that's made one change in the last four weeks. So that is fair. That is a fair comment. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe Pittard. I really hope Pittard has a great game. To be honest, I really, really do hope he comes out firing. He won't. Though. And uh, and shows us the player that he has been in the past. Um, the good player that he has been in the past, uh, not the uh, the bomb scare that he is at the moment. Um, so I do hope that he comes out, has a really good game, and secures his spot. Fair enough. Um, we've just had a on Spreaker chat. Uh, Ryan has said Richmond by fourteen, and Robbie with three. Uh, and a question for you: um, just the next one in our line. Uh, are you still think we're on the premiership track? Are we going to win the premiership this year? Still happy with that? Yes. Okay. Yep. Yep. Cool. Um, yep. And are there any other games you're looking forward to this week? Uh, probably not. I'm not going to see many other games because I'm going to be working all weekend, but um, I think Geelong North should be a pretty good game. Yeah. That's probably the only other decent game or decent matchup, I reckon. Oh, look, it's... Melbourne Collingwood, I guess. that's um, That'll be interesting. Um, you know, Harrison both teams Petty's are in pretty in pretty good form. Harrison oh, Petty, well, yeah. He's been named anyway, well, he's so been he might named. not make the cut, yeah. but he's been named, so that'll be good yeah. if he plays. Yeah. No, I agree with that. That's... Um, be good if uh, if he does play and takes mm. over uh, Jakey Lever's spot. Uh, you know, he's kind of made for that sort of role as well. He was really he good as that sort of intercept defender last year mm. at under eighteen level and wasn't all Australian because of it. So uh, good luck to him if he does play. That'd be great for him. Absolutely. And what right. a what a game to make your debut. Wouldn't it be? Yeah, absolutely. So what, what do you think the crowd will be? Oh, what do you think the crowd will be? Let's, it is still a Melbourne home game. Melbourne's third. I'll, Melbourne third. You should get a decent contingent of Melbourne fans. And with Collingwood in the finals, they should come along. I'm going to go with 60. 60? Yeah, yeah, right. What do you reckon? Okay. Well, they got 70 last year. Yeah. Uh, well, you see, the thing is, like, if it was Collingwood in third and Melbourne in seventh, I would agree that that would definitely happen. But... The Melbourne bandwagon, I'm not sure that's that big. 
60 would be the lowest for a while. Oh, would um, it? Okay. Yeah. I follow that much. They, so. they, they seem yeah. to get 60 as a bit as, as the floor with these games. Um, uh, the biggest in recent years has been 75 in 2011. Are they, are they a chance of beating that? 78 in 2006? I reckon it's a fair chance that you could easily get 80 plus, I reckon, yeah. on the weekend. I reckon, look, both teams are in good form. Um, Melbourne are you know, looking like they're going to play finals for the first time in forever. I reckon Melbourne got a new there. Uh, and I think that'll bump it up over 80. Okay, interesting. Mm. Um, yeah, I guess we'll find out. Um, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Fair enough. Yep. Yep, could be right. I wouldn't know. Could be I, right. I, I don't really Probably care right, rounds, but could be, be right. <laughs> Don't know. Don't know. Mm. All right. Well, look, I guess we can wrap it up now. So thank you, right. Maka, for your wise words today. Um, Thanks. Thank you to our Supreme <laughs> audience for listening and the people that are going to listen on the podcast on the way to work tomorrow, pretty much, because if they don't listen to it, then it'll be game time. So they probably won't listen to it. Um, and until next week, can Port. Can the ports. Can the power and can Jake need gold card legend. Ports. Carlisle sends it long. Motlop just on and takes the mark. He can give Port Adelaide the lead. Hamstring hurt. Plays on. Sends it high. Goal square. Long. McVeigh gets back. Port Adelaide in front. The magic man of all people. He had to be the one. <laughs>